0: mildly entertaining somewhat obscure guests relatively interesting topics semi-professional production quality reasonably well-informed commentary a great value for the money hundreds of fans all around the world it's the starting strength gyms podcast with your host ray Gillenwater. Back by popular demand is our friend Nick Delgadillo. There's a thread on Ripito's forum with some comments from the haters about this podcast, and then uh, mid <laughs> mid thread there are people asking for Nick to do a show. So Nick's not going to do a show, but we'll have him on this one. Hopefully that uh, that uh, <laughs> scratches the itch. We've got a we've already got a show, man. I'm I'm I sit there with Rip every week. That's true. You already do a podcast. You don't need to. Um, so today we're going to talk about nutrition because this is something that is confusing for everybody, even for those that don't think they're confused. Um, this is also something that, uh, nearly every member has a question about every new member. So this is, this conversation will be oriented around trying to help people that are new to the gyms, but, uh, the concepts will help anybody who's trying to get stronger. And and I guess we should yep. start there, Nick. You you can kind of guide this any way you want. Um, this will be an interesting conversation for me because you and I have never had a nutrition conversation for this amount of time. And um, you know, I I might learn some stuff today. There there's a lot of experience that I have, having been a 168 pound, six foot two adult male, and now being 240, having gotten up to 255. Um, with a little too much body fat, so gaining muscle, gaining fat, losing fat, and everything in between. Um, and I've had some successes with with clients as well, and I know you have too on both sides of it, uh, uh, females especially. I mean, I've seen some of your female clients. Bree a good example. You got her to gain some weight, and she looks fantastic and is super strong, and she's glad that she did. Um, I got my wife to gain a bit of weight, kind of same story. Um, And then this gal, I won't mention her name in case she wants to remain private, but there's a gal that trains with you at Wichita Falls and, uh, she had more body fat than she wanted and you put her on a simple nutrition plan and and she is unrecognizable. I mean, the progress she's made under the bar and with her body comp is, is pretty amazing. So, um, Nick, let's just say, oh, go ahead. ahead. No,
1: I was going to say that, and that's the hard part, right, is, is, is doing stuff like that. Gaining, well, not gaining weight, but losing fat, losing weight while maintaining or improving performance is kind of the uh, is is the gold standard in my my mind. And and when we talk about nutrition for the gyms, how to how to do and implement and talk about nutrition for starting strength gyms, performance has to be top of mind. Yep. Um. it, It we we still have to be delivering on the promise of of gaining strength as the number one priority. Uh, we'll we'll get into this a little bit more, but yeah, you know, depending on the situation, you're going to, you're going to have some strength loss depending on what you're doing. Mm. Uh, maybe, but, but it doesn't necessarily equal weight loss equals strength loss. Um, not even know, as so, an intermediate, so,
0: yeah. right? Jim, Jim Clare from Denver is a right. good example of that. He bumped his right. deadlift up to 600 while losing weight, losing fat. So that's right. And not on that's drugs. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Everything's, uh, the, the whole situation changes if you're on a bunch of drugs, right? Things okay. uh, in that regard, you, you just respond better to things, right? But yeah, let's assume that uh, you're, you're training, you're doing things normally, and we're doing this through through habits and eating and recovering properly. So um, yeah, this will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who actually listens to us because, according to YouTube, you're fat and I'm morbidly obese, right? So, who, what?
0: Look at this what, uh, your gut, man.
1: Dude, you're I gross, mean, Jesus man. Jesus Christ! Yeah, how did how did Rip phrase it? You flow into the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love our it's YouTube hilarious. commenters. They're so much fun, man. <laughs> yeah, the,
1: the the truth is though, you know, you the the coach gets 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 credit um, you know, usually it's like, it's, you know, you mentioned that, uh, I got these folks to do this stuff. And if you're doing things correctly, the, the, the approach is is simple. Um, people, people don't really, people don't lose or gain weight because people don't fail to lose or gain weight because they have a lack of information. Uh, and, and most nutrition coaching and nutrition, seminars, nutrition, workshops, uh, people who, who focus on nutrition, spend a lot of time on do this because X, Y, Z, you know, evidence-based this, this, and that, uh, and, and that's all, that's all well and good, right? I mean, there's, there's a proper way to do things. There's, uh, there are things that are rooted in first principles that need to be taken into consideration, but when it comes down to it, it's just like strength training. And I I look at it the the same way as I look at strength training, everything follows the performance curve in terms of simple to complex. And in, in terms of nutrition, the simple to complex uh, carries with it the really, really difficult task of changing people's habits. Mm -hmm. Right. And when, and when it's, when it, when nutrition is involved, it's not just going to the gym and, and working out and training, which which has a positive feedback loop, right? You, you go to the gym, you train, you get the benefit of using the barbell, you know, and that's kind of more of a long-term benefit, but still there's a sense of accomplishment of having gone to the gym, you do the thing, you write it in your training log, you added five pounds to the bar. There's a, there's a, a positive feedback loop that's instant gratification there, right? Yeah. Um, now that becomes much harder as, as time goes on, and and over the course of three four months, this is when people start to drop off from from strength training, when that feedback loop gets gets uh, more difficult to get through. That positive feedback loop gets gets delayed, right? So mm-hmm. shit gets really gets harder, gets much harder, and now you start to weigh the benefits. Like, is this really worth it for me to 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 keep doing this to add another five pounds a week from now? You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm tired. Um, I, I didn't sleep enough, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so to bring this back into the nutrition side of things, uh, not only do you have the, 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 the feedback loop is, is not immediate, right? It's, 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 if you're doing it correctly, it's going to be gradual. It's mm-hmm. going to be very gradual. And, and people who <laughs> weigh themselves every day know that your weight fluctuates, right? So based on any number of factors, your weight's going to go up and down. So if you're relying on that as your, as your metric or the thing that gives you that, that that uh, dopamine hit, right. That's like, I'm doing things correctly. You're fucking up, right. Because it's not going to always go the way you want it to go. Um, and then the big one is when we, when you're talking about food, now you're talking about, uh, lifestyle stuff and you're talking about emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Because food is tied to emotion. We've got strong, powerful, you know, outside of sex, there's, there's no other more powerful motivator for Mm -hmm. human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, we tie our, um, our social lives around food and, uh, it brings people comfort and, uh, habits, you know, the, the habits that you've formed since, since you were a little kid, all that shit is tied in, in, into the nutrition side of things. So the, 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 the deck is stacked against you unless you have a very, a, a certain type of personality that is, uh, that is willing to go full autist on the food stuff. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and that's not most, that's not most people, right? Most people, most people, <laughs> most people don't do this to completely upend their lives and they will for, they will for a short period of time, right? But in order to make any serious, significant progress, this is a, this is a months long process, mm. right? As, as you know, right. And, and as I know, um, it's a months long process that's not rewarding in the short term. So, um, that's the deal, man. So it, it's, it's, it's about. So back to my point, it's not about like, you're not losing weight because you're, you don't know what to do. You're not losing weight because you haven't restructured your, your life essentially. Right. You have to, you have to eat less, you have to eat more if you're going to gain weight and people do the things that they, that they do. Um, and in terms of food, changing those habits that you're used to doing every single day is very, very difficult. Mm. Right. So, Um, so when I, when I'm approaching things, it's, it's, where is, where is the, where's the client at right now? What are they prepared to do and what's the smallest possible positive change that we can make Mm. to get them going in the right direction. Right. And then it's, and then it's, it's the matter of, of, uh, of keeping, keeping on that task and building a new habit and then building a new habit on top of that, and then mm. just kind of continuing that process. And you, you and, and I found at least that you don't have to go very far in terms of like the absolute specifics of, of every single nutrition variable needing to be dialed in. Mm. Like it comes down to just two or three really important things until you get really far down the line. Again, exactly like in, like in strength training, right? Yep. So to put it in kind of more practical terms, right? Most people Um, most people need to be worried about how much protein they're eating Mm -hmm. and how many calories they're eating. And initially that's probably the two most important things you can be doing. If you're training, Mm. if you're not training, then it just really comes down to calories. Right now, law of diminishing returns applies, right? So as you're going further along, shit's going to change. Um, the interesting thing with strength training is that you're also changing your metabolic situation in a lot of ways right so as you're as you're getting bigger and stronger you're gaining muscle that number the the calorie number and the protein number is kind of a moving target you can look at it as a moving target mm. so it's going to require adjustment and the good thing is that if you're strength training that adjustment probably goes up right the, the in terms of how many calories you need so it's not like traditional weight loss where you're just dieting for however long until you lose the weight um, we're actually looking at performance and we're looking at how do I keep adding weight to the bar? How do I keep getting bigger? So you'll, you'll have to pay attention and you'll have to make sure that things, that things stay in line. Mm. So there's two approaches. There's a, two approaches to do that, right? You can, you can, uh, eat a shit ton of food and make a lot of gains and, uh, not pay attention to your nutrition at all and, and get fat mm-hmm. <clears throat> and get strong. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's fine that's fine cuz it, maybe it'll be easier for you to lose weight once you're once you're at a at a, at a particular strength level um, but that's not required um, that's not a requirement for doing starting strength correctly mm-hmm. recovering is a requirement for doing starting strength correctly recovering means you have to eat more food if you're significantly overweight you'll have to eat better food probably is the way to think about it not more food but better food um, but you don't have to become a fat ass. Mm-hmm. If you become a fat ass, it's your own fault. Mm-hmm. You you ate too much food, and you allowed your training to be an excuse to eat more than you should eat, mm-hmm. um, and probably more of the stuff that you shouldn't be eating than stuff that you should be eating. Right? So, um, so I, I, I want to make that super clear. Where you know the, the go mad thing, <clears throat> which has been kind of the, the joke or the meme for a long time in terms of starting strength. That's that's for a specific group of people, uh, and it works very effectively. But it's it's exactly that approach you you're you're so skinny and your habits are so piss poor that for me to have to for me to get you to eat enough calories it would be almost impossible without you changing every aspect of your life mm-hmm. so a simple approach is to just drink a fuck ton of milk mm-hmm. and you know that's something that that's a, a change that's manageable for a young guy who's who's really really willing to uh to hit it hard and it works really well yeah. right um But there's nothing magic about milk. It's just, it's calories and protein and fat. It's just, you you can just consume a bunch of it in liquid form, right? You can, you can do the same thing with food. It's just going to be harder because it takes up more, more room in your, in your stomach and your guts. Mm. Right. So, um, so anyway, that's a, that's a lot of ways to say that uh, um, just like with strength training, where it doesn't make any sense to read all of practical programming and obsess over the intermediate and advanced programs in practical programming before you start your novice linear progression. It doesn't make any sense to stress out about supplements, um, exactly how much protein and how many carbs and how many fat you need to eat Mm. every single day to optimize every variable in your nutrition before you start changing your habits to make a positive change, whether that's weight gain or or weight loss, right?
0: Yep. Yep. So let's, let's break that down to a first step for the average person that walks into one of our gyms and is wanting some nutrition advice. So going back to the performance bit, that's where it all starts. I've, I've got a view as to what I think is correct here. What do you think is correct? First step, what do they do?
1: Well, um, everybody has to agree that, that getting strong is important, right? So, so that's going to be our first priority is to keep adding weight to the bar, especially if you're a novice, right? So, um, especially if you're just starting out, that's going to be the number one thing for a, a, a large majority of people just starting out without changing anything else, starting to train will improve their existence, right? Their, mm-hmm. their physical, their appearance. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll start to look better. So day one in the gym, um, you, you, at least the way I look at it, it, it might not be a good idea to overload somebody with a bunch of information and stuff to do right away. Because they may be really excited about it at first um but if it all this if this all of a sudden takes over their entire life um there's there's a potential for the 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 balancing act to kind of go the wrong direction mm-hmm. right so uh, so the advice should be as simple as possible uh and some some for for me usually it looks like uh learn how to squat learn how to bench or i'm sorry look how, learn how to squat learn how to press learn how to deadlift um now you're you're barbell training now so the goal here is to get stronger. You're going to gain muscle. You're going to gain lean lean body mass. Your bones are going to get denser. This is all metabolically expensive, meaning it, you're, it takes a lot of energy to create and sustain these kinds of uh, improvements. Mm-hmm. So right now, I want you to think about eating more protein. Do you know how much protein you eat right now? And Whatever comes out is usually bullshit. Whatever answer that comes out is, you know, what they they don't know. The truth is they don't know. Right. So, uh, but, but I want, I want the, the, the person to start thinking about protein as, as a very important part of this puzzle. Right. Mm So, um, how much protein are you eating? They'll say something and then I'll say, well, whatever, whatever they give me and I'll say, eat more eat more protein. Um, protein is anything with, uh, with a face and a soul, right? So, uh, I, I guess cr- crickets, did you see a face and a are- soul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, your neighbor gets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. don't, don't eat crickets. Yeah. They don't have a soul, you know? <laughs> uh, I guess that's a fine source of protein, but it won't be, uh, it won't
0: be very tasty. Um, <laughs> The uh, world economic <laughs> so, forum might disagree with you, but let's not get too sidetracked on that. <laughs> right, I know. I know. Uh,
1: protein is protein is flesh. All right, eat some flesh. So uh, don't eat, eat eat less pea protein. Eat less soy. Eat more animal stuff. Right. So um, so think. So I, I'll usually send people home with something like just when you're when you're eating, look at your food and and just eyeball determine in your in your head. How much of this meal is protein and how much is not protein mm-hmm. And you know, if it's not at least a third protein, start figuring out ways to get more protein in and maybe you just double double the portion of protein or just increase the portion of protein at every meal. Mm. So that's a simple you know like a simple first start. and um, and again, this is somebody who just maybe asked me what they should be eating right It's not like I want to start a nutrition plan. what what should I be eating Eat more protein. Um, eventually you're going to have to eat more food. We'll, we'll get there when, when the time comes, but mm. just be thinking ahead about, you know, growing means more food, growing muscle means more food. It means more food and more protein. So, uh, you know, just, just the basic concepts that food is going to be an important. Part of this sleep is going to be an important part of this. Um, almost all adults have very little willingness to change their sleeping habits. Um, you know, so to the extent that you can control sleep, that'd be great. Uh, so the way I look at it is if, if you want something that you're going to be able to control, um, throughout the day, food just makes more, makes sense. Right. And if one is not in, if one is not in place, like you, you literally can't sleep enough for whatever reasons, um, you definitely can control what you eat. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so just trying to, trying to put in those, uh, initial, initial thoughts if if people come with already some experience with dieting or with counting macros and stuff like that um then it's just well do you know how much you're eating now Mm. how many calories how many how much protein you're eating how many carbs how many fat and then again you know whatever they say it's just like when somebody comes in and says i i squat 315 um you can almost a hundred percent uh rely on that being total like they they just really aren't they really can't squat that much right so um it's the same thing you know you take it with a grain of salt and you say okay well if that's what you're eating right now um then you know it's let's let's talk about how to optimize your protein intake so you weigh 200 pounds you're eating 165 grams of protein. Start working towards getting at least 200 grams of protein a day. Right, a mm-hmm. gram per per pound of body weight, and that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always finish with the the concept of it's going to have to go up. It's going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. Right, it's going to be more than 200 grams of protein. So let's let's start there. Get a baseline going, and and start increasing your baseline, and then. Um, And then over time, expect that to go up, you know, as you're, you're going to be hungrier as you get stronger, as you, as your weights get heavier, you're going to be, you're going to be hungrier. So, uh, just take advantage of that and and eat properly
0: and eat more food. My, um, my first step is very similar to yours. See if you can poke any holes in this, but, um, you're you're totally right about timing this conversation based on the person's, um, psychology. So one important part about what we do is, is we are consultants, we don't use the exact same approach with every member because the exact same approach doesn't work with every member. On on one extreme, um, some members want a macro plan and very detailed information about exactly what they should eat, and right. they, they can adhere to that. And then on the other hand, you've got people that are really resistant to making any kind of change. So you can't exactly. use a one-size-fits-all approach, but the first step is still pretty similar, but it's timed differently and explained differently based on the person. So the first step for, for exactly. me and my clients essentially is, I actually want you to start thinking about protein, just like Nick said, but I actually want you to start counting it too. I don't want you to count your macros. I don't want you to become neurotic. I just want you to get a baseline of where you're at right now. And this might right. be a conversation on day one. It might be a conversation on week two. Um, but yep. it's going to happen early on because I need this person to start eating protein and more protein. Now, how much is the next right. question? There's no correct answer to that, that question. There's no correct answer, but there's a, there are answers that are close enough. And so the answer that I use that's close enough is, we need to establish a target body weight for you. And I want you to eat one gram of protein per pound of target body weight. So right. if you're a dude who's 18 years old and you're six feet tall and you weigh 150 pounds, I want you to start eating 220 grams of protein a day. We're gonna get right. you above 220 body weight wise, but not in your LP probably. So let's just say 220. Um, if you're a 300 pound, five foot two female that's 40, I'm probably gonna have you eat 150, 170 pounds of 170 grams of protein per day. So the 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 thing applies in both situations. And the the nice thing about the protein goal number one is it lets the trainee know what the priority is. So you have right. to you have to start eating with protein in mind. And the the second benefit of this is that when people start thinking about their food and they start making each meal focused on protein, it cleans up the caloric side and it cleans up the macronutrient side automatically. So that for some people, that may be the only change you have to make. And so I guess that's the first message Nick and I want to want to send. And we totally agree on simplifying things as much as possible. If you're confused about where to start or if you're not having any luck, or if you're, you know, intermittent fasting or eating like a bodybuilder or doing all this different shit, um, a lot of that is probably a distraction and the most important thing you can be doing is consistently hitting a protein goal and setting a baseline. Once we have yep. a protein goal for you and you're hitting it and we have your baseline and you're making progress, then we can start making adjustments from there. Um any issue with that approach Nick? No, no, and just a, just a
1: couple things to add as a, as a coach. There's a uh, I totally agree too by the way. If somebody's ready to hear a number, I'm giving them a number for sure, right? Cuz um, that that's totally appropriate. And I think that's fine. Um, the problem is that I, I don't, I don't know where somebody's mind is calibrated in terms of, in terms of uh, whether they know how much 200 grams of protein is or how to even acquire that number. Right. So mm-hmm. if I can get somebody to track it, if I can get somebody to, uh, to even, even use portion size. So I, I guess it's a, it's uh it's a, uh, the idea to tell everybody that, you know, our, our gyms coaches that are, that are offering nutrition, whether online or in person are all certified through precision nutrition. And the reason we went with precision nutrition is because they are, they, uh, focus heavily on exactly the stuff that we talked about in the first, like 10 minutes of this podcast. It's, mm. uh, it's, it's behavior changes, right? It, mm. it doesn't matter how much, how much information people have implementing is the hard part, right? Yep. Um so so it's it's heavily focused on behavior and psychology and stuff like that so uh, uh, the moment I, I i took the course um just to see if that's what we wanted to do um it it uh it it, it, it it matches up nicely with our approach to coaching the barbell lifts. And, and actually by taking the, the precision nutrition course, I think that our apprentices, uh, learn a lot about barbell training as well, because mm-hmm. it's, it's the same concepts, right. In terms of behavior change and, uh, and, and motivation and stuff like that. So anyway,
0: no, that's um, a good point. Totally, I mean, you, totally. you've, you've got, you've got a, uh, you've got a program or a model that, you know, will give the person a positive result, whether it's stress in the weight room or recovery after the stress. Um, and then you have the person and the coach is right. the intermediary. The coach has to make that connection. Exactly. And that requires exactly some right. skill and nutrition. Pre- and precision nutrition explains how to do that really well. And for those of you exactly. that are are wanting to coach this stuff, that's a that's an important tool to add to your toolkit. And for those of you that want to coach yourself and learn more about nutrition, Nick, Nick endorses the precision nutrition um, certification for, for good reason. I think you should take a look at that.
1: Oh yeah. It's good stuff. Even if you're, I mean, if you're just interested in it, it's kind of expensive to do, but it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's really good stuff.
0: And by the way, we Um, have an affiliation with those guys. Just quick, uh, quick disclaimer. We don't get any credit if you, if you buy their products.
1: Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll happily take as many of our coaches as we want, but yeah, we don't, uh, they don't, they don't give Ray a kickback every
0: time, <laughs> well, every time we I sign will, up with coach, we weren't quite Jewish enough on that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a half Jew. So we'll let this one slide. Uh, so, um, otherwise I've got a, I've got a thought too.
1: Yeah. Just on the coaching side of things. So the, the totally on board with giving a number, if, uh, if I think it's appropriate, um, the thing that I want coaches to avoid doing is giving too much information. Uh, again, just like with barbell training, like there's no need to impress a client with your knowledge of nutrition. Um, focus on the process, not with, you know, citing studies and, and, and talking about all these different things. Because uh, while, while that may be impressive, if you're not able to actually produce results for them, it doesn't matter. And you look like an asshole, right? So, so focus, focus on the process. How do you get started on this process? How do you get going, give them something actionable to do and check in on it and then proceed from there, right? Simple to complex. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, as far as nutrition goes, people, people, um, get into nutrition stuff and a lot of people come to these gyms especially now it's super popular for people to be intermittent fasting or to be on a on a, a carnivore diet or a keto diet and they're probably doing all these things wrong to begin with but uh people get into these into these uh into these diets and they turn into religion for people oh, right yeah. so so you you so when somebody comes to me and they start asking nutrition questions, one of the other things that I'm trying to avoid is getting into a, a, what's essentially a, a religious debate with somebody mm-hmm. about about uh, the thing that they're very excited about, right? Somebody just lost a bunch of weight using a carnivore diet, or uh, their their mother healed her cancer with carnivore, or intermittent fasting, or something, you know. So the minute that you start saying, uh, "Well, look, it's actually this and this and this," uh, you you become in that person's mind you become easy to be dismissed. So, uh you have to deliver results before you can start challenging people's uh <laughs> deeply held beliefs about this kind of stuff. So, yes. I try to I try to be as minimal as possible with uh with with debunking or with arguing. I don't want to argue with somebody about barbell training and I don't want to argue with somebody about nutrition. We're very very and this is a problem because we're very confident on the barbell side of things. Um, and as newer coaches, you're not going to be nearly as confident on the nutrition side of things. So you're going to have a tendency to go into this, um, over explaining over teaching mode. And you want to avoid that at all costs because you'll, you'll back yourself into a corner and you might be saying stuff that's just bullshit to begin with. Right. So, um, no matter what diet you're on, whether, and I don't care if somebody comes in and says, Hey, I'm doing this carnivore and I'm inter- inter- intermittent fasting. I'm only eating in a seven hour window. That's cool. Get, get 200 grams of protein. Yeah. Get 250 grams of protein. Yep. You know, and then when the time comes and they start having trouble with recovery, I'll be like, eh, maybe consider eating outside of that seven hour window. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's time to eat some carbs, you know, so, but those conversations come over time as you've established trust and you've started to produce results, right? You, you become a much more, um, a much more, uh, you, you become much more credible because you're, you you've already started producing results for the person,
0: right? Yeah. Don't, <clears> don't try, uh, Changing someone's deeply held beliefs on day one. Um, there's a great right. Taleb quote. I read one of his books, and I wrote this down. There are two types of people: those who try to win, and those who try to win arguments. They are never the same. So, coaches, if you find yeah. yourself arguing with your members on day one, you're fucking up. Um, right. The, the, we have a whole process. We we say that we don't really do sales. We we say that we're more consultants, and that's that is uh, that is absolutely the goal. So if you think about anyone in the professional services industry, whether it's an engineer, an accountant, or a lawyer, a good one is just gonna have questions. And a good, right. or you know what should be really a doctor, a doctor should be a consultant too, a good one is just gonna have questions. And they're not gonna start telling you everything they know about anatomy and physiology and accounting and economics and whatever. They're going to feed you information based on the information that you gave them so it applies right. to you. Um, and, and Nick, this is, this is a problem, you know, and, and especially for people that are new apprentices, uh, in particular, I <laughs> there's an apprentice, I won't name any names, but he's probably watching. There's an apprentice who was talking to a thoroughly neurotic new member. I mean, to the extent that, right. you know, we weren't sure if they'd be a good fit kind of thing. Um, and this guy made the mistake of talking about potassium. And, and like mm-hmm. potassium levels. And, and so now this person yep. is fixated on what their potassium levels should be and what supplements they should be right. taking. Don't yeah. talk about that shit. That is such a distraction. You know That is the right. worst thing that this person should be focused on. They should be focused yep. on how much protein should I eat every day. Um, and then the second part, Nick, after I get people there, uh, that, that solves a lot of problems for a lot of people, just focusing on that one thing. We may, may never even really need to talk about much after that. But uh, for those that, right. that I do have to talk further with that aren't subscribed to a Nutrition Plan, because your your membership comes with you know general nutrition advice, and then you right. can you can subscribe to nutrition coaching as well, which is more more customized and less templated, less generic. Um, but but for for people that aren't paying for nutrition advice and just giving generic advice to, I will still talk to them at length and in detail about. Um, and actually, Nick, let's let's uh, let's copyright this just for fun, just so we can um, we can be as bad as the rest of the industry. Well, let's call it let's call it functional food, okay? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so without uh, just to use a ridiculous name to to catch your attention, because um, functional fitness is such a joke. Fun- let's call functional food the food that you eat to serve a purpose. So for me, my functional food is the food that I don't I don't eat for enjoyment. I eat it to serve a purpose, and the purpose is to recover from my workout and to satisfy me in the moment without, you know, leaving me wanting to go eat a bunch of ice cream and shit. So, what is my functional right. food? Well, actually, um, I just copied the guy that knows better than I do. I just use Stan Effordine's nu- nutrition advice. I I make monster Solid, mash. Right? I make monster mash once a week. It's in pre uh, pre sized glass containers. I pour some chicken stock on it. I put it in the microwave. I heat it up. And if I eat one of those a day, my body comp is noticeably better in one week. If I eat two of those a day, it's that much better within one week. And it's as simple as that. I'm not counting any macros. I'm not really restricting myself. I'm not like restricting macronutrients. I'm not restricting the time in which I eat. I'm just making a simple change, and it makes an immediate impact on my my body composition. So my second piece of advice, Nick, to people is let's find your staple. Let's find the thing yep. that you really enjoy eating, whether it's shepherd's pie or monster mash or whatever, that is pretty close to what you need to be eating macronutrient-wise as far as the proportional split. Um, and let's have you eat that as often as possible, and that'll be the second change that I recommend. Is that is that roughly what you do as well, or what do you, how do you approach the next step?
1: That, that's exactly, well, it, it depends on the, on the person, but absolutely, you know, it, n- the next thing is how to actually, how to actually implement and get it done. And that's the great thing about, about, uh, Stan's stuff. You know, I mean, the guy's got like a 300 page ebook, um, that he he'll sell you that has all of the, all of the research and all of the, uh, citations and all the stuff. Uh, but then he also has the 150 page vertical diet book, which is, uh, Just as, if not more useful than the 300 page ebook, right? Because what Stan does very well, regardless of what you think bro science or not about the things that he says, uh, what Stan gives you is a very simple approach to do things that will allow you to integrate it well with your life and make it easy to do right. Mm. Eat, eat lots of red meat, eat as many carbs as is appropriate for you. Um, eat stuff that doesn't mess up your guts eat stuff that doesn't bloat you and um, eat more or less depending on what you need to do. Right. So you've got all the building blocks there and uh, it's, it's incredibly simple. And uh, there's no, there's no denying that nutritionally it's, it's solid, right. It, It makes sense, but also in terms of helping people achieve their goals, it also makes sense. So it takes all of this complexity and, narrows it down into this hyper focus, like just do this thing. And then there you go. And that's why people are successful with it. So how do, how do we do that with, uh, with, with your, and that's a great way to recommend. And that's why diets are, are, are generally successful, right? Because you're giving somebody a, like, like a, like a, a carnivore diet or a keto diet or a payload diet or whatever it is, you're giving somebody a, a tool that's do this thing, follow these fairly simple rules and You'll see some success, right? Um, And that's true, right? It's just like it's just like going to the gym. Anything works for a short amount of time, Mm. right? Um, With nutrition, you know, it it could work for a longer period of time. Like you could stay on a low carb carnivore diet for a long time, but if we layer on top of that the training aspect. Uh, then you have to ask yourself what's what's more optimal, right? And and not eating any carbs is is absolutely not optimal for strength training. Anybody who's tried it, um, y- you know, from firsthand experience, that it just does not work very well. Mm-hmm. So so you have to factor in the training consideration with this thing. So there's um, there, there's two two sides of of nutrition that that everybody needs to consider. So uh, weight loss and weight gain is. I don't care what anybody says. It, the, the total number of calories that you're eating matters. And it matters probably more than anything else. <laughs> How is right? that debatable? Fuck. <laughs> it is. Uh, b- b- <laughs> Dude, it is. People argue all the time. Right. Um, so, so y- you can, you can lose weight um, eating less calories and eating the shittiest food on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you can do a hybrid of that where you are losing or gaining weight eating shitty food. But the trade-offs are that you feel like shit, you're bloated and, um, you're, you, you like have diarrhea, <laughs> diarrhea all the yeah, time. Yeah. Every time you drink a protein shake, like you have to go to the toilet, you yeah. know? Uh, so, so there's trade-offs there. Um so so there's the there's the weight loss and the weight gain thing which is which is you can, it's not that simple right but you can think of it as just like arithmetic right mm-hmm. plus or minus but then there's also the quality side of things which is going to which is going to affect your overall well-being and and your mood and um your and, long how term you,
0: bio and bio actually bio. how
1: you perform your long-term vitality and actually how you perform and yeah. if you're eating better you feel better and yep. you feel better in the gym you know, so again, back to something like the vertical diet. If you're eating rice, vegetables, and 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 meat and bone broth, mixed together, I mean, that's that's a solid fucking meal, and you feel great eating it. Um, you know, you can go eat you can go eat uh, like a, a Chick-fil-A sandwich and two cheeseburgers and get an equivalent amount of protein. Uh, but try try deadlifting after that and see how you feel. You know, mm. you're probably not going to feel that great. Yeah. Um, so so there's two things to to weigh there, and it's going to depend on the client on on what they're willing to do. Right? Are, are they are they only going to focus on on gaining or losing weight, or are they going to focus only on food quality, or are they going to do both? Right. Mm. So uh, a lot of times, if you focus on food quality like if you just eat better food, you know, and a simple way to think about that is, is eat things that are closer to like being single ingredient than having a bunch of ingredients. Um, your caloric situation will, will mostly, um, get squared away. Right. Cause it's, it's really hard to eat a bunch, like how much monster mash would you have to eat? to make it the equivalent of a like a large fast food meal you know you'd have to eat like this giant bowl of monster mash and you you uh, you probably wouldn't get through it right mm-hmm. um so so yeah i mean it's just harder to eat foods that are more complete so to speak
0: yeah um and they're still palatable it, it's
1: by the way um sure, just, they're, for sure they're not sure.
0: hyper palatable to the point where you can overeat them like fast food
1: right 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 so um uh, so it's definitely possible to, to do it the other way where you, you, you gain or lose weight, uh, eating fast food, but you're going to be hungrier, right? Cause you're eating less total volume of food. Um, and you, you may or may not feel like shit. Most people, especially when they're over the age of 35, tend to feel like shit if they're eating shit food. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So, um, so you, you gotta, you gotta figure out where the client's at. So I try to nudge people in the direction of eating better food. Um, and then while keeping in mind the, total protein and total calories so mm. uh, it, initially it's it's hit the protein number and then also figuring out where your uh, where your calories are falling on average day to day right so um, and and people are good at at, uh, at doing the same thing in terms of total calories for the most part right because if, if you just leave people alone and they don't train and they don't do anything they tend to kind of stay at about the same uh, body weight. And then over time, it'll go up or down depending on what's going on. So, so, um, you know, it, if you can establish a baseline for where people's calories are at, then you make small adjustments up or down, whether they need to be losing or gaining weight. Uh, does that, does that make sense? So, for sure. um, but, but you'll find they are very meticulous about it, that if your food quality improves your, your calorie, um, your calories can actually be higher. Hmm. Um, because there's a bunch of shit going on right it, it's harder to digest um and so on so 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 it's not really equivalent you know so it, it, it's when when you talk about this it's like it's only about calories up and down so i think this is where people get into the into the thing about like the the calories um the type of calories matter more than the actual calories mm. it's not you know like the like the keto guys will say you can eat Thousands of calories of, of meat. First of all, good luck trying to do yeah, that. Yeah, right. right. Show me. Um, g- good luck trying to eat five thousand calories of, of meat. Yeah. Um, you know, so so, uh, the I think that's where it comes from. Where it's like, you know, if you're eating better food, yeah. The the there, there's some like thermodynamics and stuff involved where where it's not equivalent mm-hmm. right like a like a cheeseburger is not equivalent to a monster mash meal yep. but it's not that big of a difference where it's going to be it's not it's going to be like this significant change right, right. so so it, it all, it all matters but you got to be you got to be focused on how much calories you're eating you got to be focused on optimizing protein and then it's up or down by maybe a couple hundred calories to push things in the direction that you want them to go and then the second part of it is, is food quality, like getting people to eat better food, mm. uh, just in general. So that's, that's the, the, that's a long way to say that's the next step for, for me when I'm coaching somebody is like, let's stop eating sh- a bunch of shitty food and, and start working more towards eating better food. So this becomes a more sustainable thing long-term. Mm. So I'm always looking for just like strength training. I'm always looking for how do we keep doing this for the next two years and not just get a, a result in 12 weeks. That's not sustainable. Right. I get so many, I get so many clients who are like recovering, um, uh, recovering nutrition clients, you know, or, or recovering, even recovering strength training or rehab clients who go to somebody else and they have them doing like these super aggressive cuts for three, for three months, for 12 weeks or 16 weeks. And then they do like a, like a maintenance or whatever, or, or a bulk. And she's just constant like aggressive up and down, that shit's not sustainable and it's not, it's not healthy. Like they 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 come they come to me and they're and they're wrecked, dude. Yeah. They're they're like they're all they're just all over the place. Metabolic syndrome, um, it's a mess. And not only that, but they're
0: messed up in the head too. Yeah, yeah, they're I mean, they're, their, their relationship they're messed up in the food's head. all fucked up. It's not it's not right. You know, don't be patient. Right? It's like yeah. you're you're we're talking right. to adults. We're basically a forty plus gym. We've got members of all ages, but the bulk of our membership base is forty plus. So you guys are smart right. enough to know. I mean, you can afford our membership, right? So you guys know that uh, that it takes time to accumulate progress financially under right. the bar and with your nutrition. And if you're if you're looking for a quick fix, we're not the we're not the guys for you. You know, we're not right. we're not the right, right answer for you. There is no quick fix. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, I, I want to go back to what you said about. Stands book. So there's the ebook with all the citations. There's the print book, which I think you should buy. I have it and it's a good reference, but if you don't do that, then just go search for his, uh, his pyramid of foods that he recommends. And it's the one you have printed on your fridge, Nick, go print it out, right. Put it yeah. on your fridge. Yeah. And if you only just say, okay, I'm going to try to eat more of the stuff on, on this list versus the other stuff, replacing something good with something bad will get you much closer to where you want to be. Um, yep. So Nick, you, our second step is pretty similar, um, just kind of articulated differently. And then my, my third step is, uh, I think your, your second step encompasses my third step. So just to, just to walk through it again, step one, protein goal. Step two, establish your staples. If necessary, you may not even need step two. And then step three, if necessary, is cut out the shit that you don't need. It's not the same for everyone. For most people, it's going to be liquid calories. Like if you're still drinking Coke, what the hell are you doing? Don't don't drink Coke. Yep. <laughs> don't don't drink yep. a drink with fifty grams of sugar. That's insane. That makes right. no sense. Um, you need to you need to get over that habit. You know. Um, yep. Re- change your palate to make it crave, uh, to make it crave such a jolt of sweetness less. Um, but yeah. So so step three is cut out the shit that you don't need. So for some people, it's changing the way they order certain meals. Maybe like an, an easy fix is just cutting out some fat because there's so much hidden fat in everything we, we eat, uh, which might include you know, changing what you order at a restaurant. Um, for, for a lot of people, it's cutting down alcohol. For a lot of people, it's cutting down Starbucks or Cokes. Um, but you know th- that, those three steps for the vast majority of people, in my experience, are all you really need. And notice that there's no macro counting. I mean, you, I want you to kind of count protein just to get an idea. Like awareness is the first step to understanding of the problem. So when you just start looking at how much protein you're eating, if this is the right type of client for that challenge, um, that will give you an idea of, of what the problem is. Um, but notice, notice the lack of complexity here, right? It's three simple steps and it's oriented around performance. We're trying to make you stronger. When you get stronger, you will gain lean body mass, which is good. The two are intertwined. There's no decoupling them. That's a positive thing. The next right. question is, what do you do about the fat mass? And the, the way that you dial in the fat mass is through manipulating calories and food quality. And the way that you do that most efficiently, most effectively, and in the most sustainable way is by following these simple recommendations. At, at least from my point of view. Um, any issue with that, Nick?
1: Um, I, I look at it a little different. So I, I do look at it in phases, um, and just in terms of how to deliver this to somebody so that they they understand it and can, and can implement it. But. Uh, um, so, so there's the process, you know, of how to, how to accomplish uh, a body composition goal and a, and a performance goal and, or a performance goal. Um, so there's that process, which involves just like uh, it involves the, the habits and it involves uh, calories and it involves macros and, and uh, uh, how, how, how someone measures and determines what their calories and macros are is going to be determined by how much, how, how much control they want over it. So whether it's eyeballing or sending pictures or actually counting macros in an app or something, that's going to be up to the individual client. And then and then adjacent to that uh, is the is the food quality part of it. So like, what should I eat and what should not eat? So some people some people only want to hear about uh, what to do and how to do it. Um, some people want, usually they're, they're mixed together, but some people are just going to eat, um, eat, 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 fast food, you know, and it's not optimal, but you know, I'll, I'll advise them the best, the best I can. So I'm simultaneously trying to get them through a process, but also at the same time, trying to get them to improve, uh, what, how they're eating and, and what they're eating. Right. So I look at it as two separate things. Now, like you, like you said, Improving food quality tends to fix a lot of issues. So, so let me back up a little bit and put this into like an actionable, uh, actionable process that we can do. So, uh, first thing is, uh, the, the, the first step is get your protein in order, eat more protein, um, figure out what it kind of a baseline is for calories. And that might not even be that important right now. So number one is protein. Focus on protein. Number two is is clean up your 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 diet. Eat better food. So that's probably the second step. And I think that's kind of where you're where you're what you're getting at here is that those two things tend to tend to solve most problems for most people. You don't yeah. you don't even have to go much further than that. Yep. Right. Because if, if you're there, if you're eating enough protein and you're eating um I, I don't I don't know what the proper term to use is that people won't take and uh, and, and bastardize, but like, let's just say you're eating, you're eating good, clean food, right? You're eating good food. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of uh, landmines in
0: this conversation. Dude, I
1: know you gotta be careful. Um, that's, that solves a lot of problems for a lot of people and you might not even have to go beyond that, right? You could always add another protein shake you can always add a little bit of milk. You can take away some stuff as long as, as long as those two things are in order. The third step, which is, um, which is, most people don't even get to this step. The third step is to now start uh, actually tracking stuff and figuring out how um, your, your, your calories and your macros are affecting uh, your performance and your body composition. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the third step is once we've got your protein in order, once we've got you eating decent food. Then the third step is let's start figuring out what you're actually eating in terms of in terms of protein and total calories, and then protein, total calories, fat, and carbs,
0: if necessary. Right. So,
1: if necessary, right. is exactly right. right. So, um, be- because then that's that's when you can start fine tuning. Like, do we need to go up in calories for a couple of weeks, or do we need to go down in calories for a couple of weeks? Do we need to like do you need to eat eat more carbs on the days you train? Do you need to eat less carbs on the days you're not training? And that's mm-hmm. for for at least in my experience, that's people who have been at it for a year, two years. It's your advanced, you know, nutrition people. It's your advanced lifters, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, most people don't even need to get that far. Um, when it starts to become a concern, then at that point you've established good habits, you're eating enough protein, you're, you're paying attention to your food. And now we could say, all right, look, log your food for three days and let's see where you're at. Um, let's see what's going on. And then, you know, whatever the numbers are, that's what they are. And then, and then it's just, it's, it's as simple as saying, okay, look, get get, um, 30 more grams of protein, a total of 200 more grams of uh, 200 more calories. And let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then you give it a couple weeks and see what happens. Um, if the client come back, comes back and says, I don't have energy on my training days. I feel like shit. Um, well, bump your, bump your carbs up on, on training days. Let's see what happens. Right. And then you give it a couple weeks because everything's changing and adapting. Right. So the, the recommendations that you gave somebody on day one are going to be different from what they need on day, day a hundred, right. Or day, day, day 300. So, um, you, this is a, and this is what the coaching does for, for people at the gyms. Right. So we, like you said, we give people nutrition advice and we can Answer questions about what's going on, but just like with training, if you want to be guided through the process, this is what the this is what the coaching tier gives you, right? It's like this this constant feedback of this is what I'm doing, this is the next thing I need to do, and make adjustments based on what's happening, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So um, there's so as as you're speaking, it's making me feel like I need to highlight a very important point that is blindingly obvious to us and anyone that's been through this process, which is the one of the most critical variables of this whole discussion is that the weight on the bar keeps going up. Right. The yep. when you're training and you're adding weight to the bar, it provides such a profound system-wide stimulus to your body that if you fuel it in even roughly the correct way, you're going to have right. better body comp improvements than you ever thought possible. Yeah, that's just the reality. So, so if some of you guys are listening to this conversation, you're like, no, it's not that simple. I've tried to increase my protein, this and that. It's like, were you, were you adding weight to the bar on a exactly. tr- on a daily basis every time you train, or on a weekly basis at minimum? A- and if not, I mean, you're not in, if you're an inter- or if you're you know advanced or late intermediate, that might be slightly less frequent. But the point is, the stimulus from the training is the thing that tells your body to change some shit. And then the food that you provide your body is what enables it to change those things. So it doesn't actually need to be that precise. You just kinda gotta get close enough and you'll be blown away if you're just consistent. If you're just, you have to be consistent in the gym and you have to be committed to the process, which means getting stronger, which means adding weight to the bar. If you do those things and then you roughly get your nutrition right, the rest of it takes care of itself for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and it, and just like we talked about when we talked about programming, um, probably I think the last podcast we did, the um, if if you're not training consistently, and what what let's define consistent consistently, um, you're not missing workouts, right? I mean that that's that's it. If you're missing workouts, um, you have no business. Worrying about your nutrition at this level, just like you don't have any business worrying about what the next program you're going to do or what programming changes you need to make. So we we are operating under the assumption that your training is is in line and it's it's uh, it's being done consistently, because all of these all these recommendations are dependent upon you requiring a whole bunch of calories and needing to build tissue to get stronger. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you, um, if you're not, if you're not training, we would have a whole different conversation about nutrition. It'd probably be a lot simpler and you'd probably have to worry about other things, but yeah, it's like, it's like you said, Ray, it's, uh, if, if you're, if you're getting close, um, it's easy enough to make small changes to, to keep the needle moving. Um, the, the problem is that, that as soon as you start talking about nutrition in people's minds, they immediately cleave the training off of it. Right. right. And they're just like, the training just is not something they're even thinking about anymore. Right. And not that they're not doing it, but they're looking at it in isolation. Um, w- we have to be training. So, like, when when a guy calls into the podcast and Rip and, and he's 160 pounds and he's 5'11 and Rip tells him he needs to be 220, everybody loses their mind and says, well, he's going to be, he's going to be obese. But, um, the the part that everybody's forgetting is that his squat needs to be proportional to that weight increase right if he gains 60 pounds that means that his squat is going to go up by 250 or 300 pounds right and his deadlift is going to go up by 304 or four, 300 pounds too so it, it it's it it you're proportionally adding weight to the bar and gaining muscle mass as you're doing as you're as you're gaining this weight yep. and if you don't do that Right. So if you gain and this is the this is the classic starting strength example, you gain thirty or forty pounds during your novice linear progression and your squat is two seventy-five, you did it wrong. You didn't do right? the program. If you gained thirty you didn't do the program. Yeah. Right. You, you uh you shouldn't have gained that much weight because you weren't adding weight to the bar fast enough to to justify that amount of weight gain. Um, right?
0: So you gotta catch up. You so gotta catch up. You gotta. One of the biggest gotta, misconceptions know. about this whole situation right. is that Rip wants everyone exactly. doing GOMAD, and then these are people that don't need to gain a bunch of weight that aren't really doing the program anyways, and they're wondering why they got fat. <laughs> it's right. like, well. You, you know you work and usually enough.
1: and usually it comes down to people missing
0: workouts. Sure,
1: you know you, you're still you're still drinking a ton of milk. You're still eating a ton of food. You're you're bulking or whatever, but you you missed workouts and you're or you're not adding weight to the bar fast enough. Like right. you decide that deadlifts are being hard and you uh, you you start cutting out deadlift days, but you're still gaining weight, right, dude? If you're gaining weight,
0: you're recovering. Yep. If you are gaining weight, you are recovering, and if you're recovering, you can add weight to the bar. You know you might be watching this or hearing this if you haven't done the LP yet. And uh, or if you're new to training and, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but you know, strength training's not it's not at the top of my priority list. I've got a job, I've got a family, I've got to sleep, I've got chores. So, you know, I don't I don't want to be a power lifter. I don't want to be a lifter. I just, you know, I, sometimes I can go to the gym, sometimes I can't. I hear you. We all struggle with that. However, when you're doing the novice linear progression orient your life in a way that allows you to do it from start to finish with minimal, preferably no interruption. And the reason for that is you've got this this graph of of, uh, progress you can make over the course of your training career. And the steepest slope of that graph is right at the beginning. That point of diminishing returns only takes a few months to hit. And if you do that correctly, you're bone density, your power production, your physical capability, your aesthetic. So many things will improve if you just focus your efforts on that for a few months. And then when you do that, your diet improves. And when you do that, your sleep improves. then Then you have habit change. And then you get to actually see what this program can do for you. And you get to see how being stronger benefits you. And then you can decide you can do whatever you want. At the moment, I'm training two days a week. Why is that? I just went through EMT school, which was like thirty hours of work per week, plus my day job and all this other shit. Like two days a week was a stretch, but I'm already strong. It's fine. If you're in the novice phase, don't don't do two days a week. Do the program exactly as it's written, because right. you're you're robbing yourself if you don't.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, so, um, look for. <laughs> all this stuff is is kind of theoretical and and it's it giving giving sort of the background of of how, how i think about things when i'm working with the client um but I, I guess to to give everybody some practical advice here it's um if you're if you're underweight all right so and and what what does underweight mean i mean adult males 200 pounds right let's just start there so if you if you're if you're below the 200 pound mark and you're a, an average sized male, um, get bigger, right? If you're if you're a short guy, you know, you're not going to be 200 pounds or, or you may eventually, but whatever, you know, you, you guys all understand what we mean. So you're going to have to get bigger, right? Um, if you're, if, so let's put it this way. If you're not fat, you're going to be gaining weight because you're going to be getting stronger and you're going to be getting bigger, right? Now, what's an appropriate, um, what's an appropriate, rate of weight gain if you're if you're really underweight like if you lift your shirt up you have no muscle but you lift your shirt up and you can see abs and ribs. you can gain weight and ribs yeah you can you you can gain weight you should gain weight very rapidly all right uh i mean three to four pounds on average a week yeah uh is is perfectly reasonable mm-hmm. right um I, I don't know what what your rate of increase was, but that's that's about right, right? It should be about three to four pounds on average. And I mean that's sustained, right? So not just one week and then the following week you don't you don't gain any weight. On average, um, it's gotta be that over a sustained period of time. Mm -hmm. If you're a normal size dude, like you're you carry some body fat, you know, but you're you're not super skinny, you're not super lean, you're just a normal, you know, normal guy walking around and you start training, um, you probably need to be gaining like one to two pounds Mm -hmm. a week on average. Yep. Um, and that's perfectly sustainable. And as long as the weight on the bar is going up uh, proportionally, you're not going to get fat. You're not going to turn into a giant fat ass. Now, if you're the normal guy with like the like we just talked about, you know, normal guy you could consider like the dad bod guy, and you gain three to four pounds a week because you can and you will, right? Because you get excited about strength training, you gain three to four pounds a week. You're going to get fat, and your the weight on the bar is not going to go up fast enough to account for that, right? So. And that's fine. That's cool if that's what you want to do. Uh, But when your wife starts bitching about your belly, um, it's not starting strength's fault. It's your fault. Right. So if that's what you want to do that, I I don't have a problem with that. I think that's cool. I think a a regular looking dude all of a sudden looks like um, Eddie Hall. That's awesome. Right. But um, but your wife might not like it. Your clothes won't fit right. You know, you'll have to buy new clothes and stuff. And then eventually you'll say to yourself, okay, I need to lose some weight.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, but now you're used to eating all this fuck ton of food all the time. Right. So if you want to, if you want to do, if, if body composition is something you care about, <clears throat> then one to two pounds a week on average is reasonable. Right. And and most of my clients, I'm telling them you you should be gaining about one to two pounds a week. Um, during the novice phase. Yep. Um, if you're, if you're overweight. So if you're already a fat dude, Um, or gal, um, leave your body weight alone, stay at the same body weight, eat more protein and get the weight on the bar up. Right. Um, at the, at the novice beginning of the novice phase is not the time to like be dieting aggressively. Just, just, I mean, you're, you've already been large for a long time, right? So it's okay. Just spend three months getting really, really strong because you have the resources to do that. Um, and then over time, it's going to go the other direction, right? So maybe one to two pound a week on average, as you're getting to the end of your um, novice linear progression and into your immediate training, one to two pound a week uh, going down. If you're really, really uh, severely obese, um, yeah, those are the people that actually should should lose weight like right now, Mm -hmm. right? So you're going to train and you have to significantly reduce your calories because just getting into the positions is going to be difficult for you. Like you can't squat to depth can't pull the bar off the ground um usually those people you know if it, even like 30 to 40 pounds of weight loss right away will uh will improve their ability to be able to actually do the program correctly right but that's not that's not most people <clears throat> who start this program um I was just say in all of those scenarios you're training the whole way right you're training along the way mm-hmm. now this is during the novice phase, right? Once you're through the novice phase, then your requirements are gonna are gonna be dependent on you and what you want to do. If you want to keep getting stronger at about this at 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 a, at a reasonable rate, you can probably continue to keep gaining or losing weight at the same
0: rate that you were doing during your novice program. Mm. If you have other goals, then adjust accordingly, right? Absolutely. The, the point you made about weight is an important one, and the way that I handle this with members is I i, I force them, or I request that, <laughs> for them to make a distinction in their <laughs> mind. <forced> them. It's, <laughs> I, I would like to force them. Please understand this concept. Um, body weight is actually not the relevant thing. Um, right. Body weight is the wrong metric. The metric that yeah. we're after is lean body mass. If you are morbidly obese, if you're obese, Um, or if you're just uh, a little fatter than you want to be and you improve this, if you do this program, your body composition will improve. Whether you're male or female, it will improve. So your fat will go down and your muscle will go up. That is one of the beautiful things about being a novice. So um, like we see all the time at the Boise gym, because we have quite a few um, older gals who want to lose a little bit of belly fat, they're focused on the wrong metric. They're focused on weight on the scale. For most women, you're going to put on five pounds of lean body mass within 10 weeks. So if you do that and you, and you lose three pounds of fat mass, well, your total body weight just went up two pounds. But you've lost fat and you've gained muscle. So, so if you're focused right. on body weight, you might think that you're failing. right? So don't, don't focus on body weight at all, just like what Nick said. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, easy to get, uh, it's easy to get extreme about this stuff. And um, I think the point that Nick made at the beginning of this conversation is is a really, really important one. Don't be extreme. This is a gradual process. Um, right. We're not gonna have somebody move more weight than they can move safely on their first day at the gym. Doing so would be extreme and dangerous. We're not going to have um, some you know, anyone other than a severely underweight skinny kid drink a gallon of milk a day. We're not going to try to get um, an overweight gal to lose 20 pounds in a month. Um, These extreme points of view, these extreme ideological viewpoints are not conducive to a a sustainable ongoing process that's going to get you the results that you want. And, And speaking of which, Nick, you mentioned the keto diet. I agree with you in general that uh, whatever diet you're on, I don't, you know, I don't care, just come in and we'll, just, we'll see how you're doing, I'm gonna check in with you, I'm gonna get a sense of how you feel, how you think, and I'm going to you know, gently provide you with the information you need when you need it to help you make progress. However, if you're in ketosis, you don't have, there's no sugar, there's no, there's, there's no fuel for anaerobic activity. I've seen on multiple occasions um, people come into the gym that are sedentary, that are on a keto diet and do, you know, the not very strenuous first workout in the intro. And (laughs) then they've got like cyanosis around their lips. Like they're, they're turning blue and pale. Like they look like they're about to go into shock or something. Right. Um, Or someone passes out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, if you're, if you're on a ketogenic diet, go, go, I'm happy that it helped you. I'm happy that you enjoyed it. But if you're going to move into a new phase of your life and start building muscle, then you're going to need carbohydrates for a bunch of reasons. Number one, just to, to give you the energy to complete the workout. And number two, because carbs are required to shuttle protein into the cells to facilitate uh, muscle protein synthesis. So, um, you have to eat carbohydrates. You have to eat carbohydrates. I think what.
1: I think what happens with those people is that they, they sign up for the gym or they sign up for a coaching session and they get super excited about all these lifestyle changes that they're going to make. And then they decide about three days before their session that they're going to, they're going to start doing carnivore or keto. And they're not, they're not used to it. Right. So like, because they were eating 400 grams of carbs last week. And then all of a sudden this week they're eating 50 grams of carbs. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and they've, they've lost 30 or 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> they've lost 25 or 30 pounds, uh, in, in a couple days and they feel great because they're starting this new fitness journey, uh, not realizing that they're about to fuck themselves up at this intro session with a 45 pound bar, uh, <laughs> because they're just not adapted to it. You know, the, the people who have been doing low carb stuff for a long time, uh, are generally going to be fine at, at the beginning, but mm-hmm. they they're going to have to learn that 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 carbs are necessary in order to uh, in order to produce force right now, which is what you need for strength training, right? Um, Demonizing
0: and, there, and there's food ways is to... a mistake. That's extreme.
1: It's a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. Right, yeah. right. Um, and whatever whatever carbs you're comfortable with, right? If there's some evil carbs and there's some not evil carbs, eat the not evil ones and just eat some before your workout, and that's a good entry point to like uh, reestablishing your your relationship with, uh, with, with, with carbs, Mm. you know, eat some before your workout, and then maybe you eat some after your workout also. And then maybe you add one meal of carbs and and maybe that's enough for, for a a guy who's like well adapted to, to low carb stuff to make a bunch of progress, but you're going to have to come to grips with the, with the reality that carbs are going to be necessary. Mm. Um, and, and, and yeah, people, people respond to things differently, but, uh, we always want to, we always want to present the optimal way to do things. Um, and, and people just refuse to do things optimally. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's just always trying to get somebody closer to optimal, um, than they're comfortable with. Right. So, um, optimal isn't exciting. So yeah, at least my, no, it's not, yeah. it's not at all. Yeah. Right. And it, and it goes counter to what most people want to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that's it. That's exactly right, man. Don't, don't start a keto diet the day before you, uh, you do your first barbell training workout, please. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go well.
0: Um, <laughs> it's really not. Uh, we don't want the liability. We feed these people Coca Cola from Subway next door if this ever happens. It's it's dangerous. Don't don't subject yourself to that shit. <laughs> um. So let's talk about people that uh, have some bad habits that um, are eating too much sugar. You know, they're eating a bunch of candy. Um, they're not happy with their body comp and let's, let's assume that this person is past the novice phase just for the sake of simplicity. Um, it's an addiction. It's an, it's it's an emotional connection. Um, everyone's wired differently. I can't claim to know how you feel about food and how hard it is for you to make a change. Um, I don't know what your level of motivation is, but one way I heard it put to me, uh, actually Nick, you like hardcore, you know, the, the band bleeding through. Yeah, the lead singer Brandon Chapetti got into the fitness industry and he d- he did some vlogs for a while. And one of the things he said really stuck out to me, which I think makes a lot of sense. He's like, "If you want to improve your body composition, eat like an adult." <laughs> right. I mean, right. are, are yeah. you so who's who's eating um, pizza, ice cream, corn dogs, and candy? That's that that's kid shit. And you can feed a kid anything because right. they're just growth machines, and and they actually that yeah. may actually be beneficial in some ways. But just like you said. Once you get to a certain age, you start feeling like shit if you don't start eating correctly. Right. So um yeah. it, it
1: we experienced it firsthand when we were driving around the country, you know, and, and eating shitty food. And I, that's probably the worst I've felt in my entire life. Yeah. We had you no know, options. Uh, um, yeah. Bell. I mean well, I mean we we did. I mean, we could have planned, you know, and, well, and done stuff. No but, convenient but, options. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> we no could have been sad about it.
0: Yeah. But
1: even if you even if you're trying, you know, you're you're out, you're out and about and you're trying to eat well the options are are very limited and uh, you know, the, 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 just the, Whatever's in the food, I, I think it's the oils, man. It's mm. like the just the the oh, heavily yeah. processed oils mess mess me up. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that that's that's like evil or anything, but it messes me up. I know for sure because, yep. um, it, it, uh, especially on the road. But the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you, you have you have to plan. You have to eat like an adult, and and the, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I cut you off in the middle of your thing here, but you have you're gonna have to plan. Yeah, you're gonna have to plan things. You know, you're gonna have to plan your week. You're gonna have to plan your day because if you don't plan, you're gonna revert to your, uh, regular, uh, the things that you're comfortable with and the things that you're used to, because food is a, food is a highly emotional thing, um, for most people, right? The, the little skinny guys that don't like to eat, that's a, it's two sides of the same coin, right? You've got the skinny people that don't like to eat. And then you've got the, the, the large people who love to eat. Uh, it's the same problem, just, just on, on two sides. Right. Yes.
0: Um,
1: but, but in either one, it's like, what are you comfortable with? And you have to constantly be just slightly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? And if that means eating a little bit more food than you want to, that's uncomfortable. Eating a little bit less food than you want to is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The the good thing for big people is that you're already able to grow. Like you're already big, right? The skinny dude has, a, in my eyes, and I've never been skinny, right? But a skinny guy, I think, has a much harder challenge because he literally has to uh i mean he has to eat eat
0: more food than he's than his body's actually capable of holding at any given time right it's harder than the training there's no doubt about it you have to i mean yeah. i had i was doing gomad plus four or five giant meals a day um some of my milk was mixed with peanut butter and bananas and i even tried <laughs> uh, putting an egg in there once which was a mistake um, some guys put oil. That in sounds shake. awesome.
1: That sounds fantastic to me. Like, <laughs> like milk and peanut butter. Dude,
0: that's I mean, great. But, but no, but, but try to tell that, but you're already full. Try to tell that to an underweight kid. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. No, I know. it's I like, get it. I just, yeah. I just finished lunch an hour ago and now I've got to crank down this thousand calorie shake. You know, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And the other thing about yeah. that is something you alluded to earlier, which is some people saying like, well, maybe it'll be easier to lose the weight after the, the novice LP. Yeah. Um, well you just built a bunch of habits i've struggled with this right. so like i got right. i got i've been on both sides of the equation not eating enough and then eating too much and then having that be my habit so it's about not right. being extreme it's about being moderate in the early days for 3 6 months you might need to be extreme and gain a bunch of weight but be careful make sure you're not so, for example, there's uh, one of the apprentices that, again, we won't name any names. He actually ended up leaving because I think I, uh, I showed him the truth and I showed him a mirror and he didn't like it. Um, the, he was some 140-pound kid and uh, everyone in the gym was making excuses for him as to why he can't wait. And I said, look at my before picture. Don't, don't stand here and look at me and, can't tell, and tell me you can't gain weight. That's insane. Right. How, yep. how in the hell are you going to be a coach at this gym if you already made excuses for yourself and you're not strong? Like, just cut that shit yep. out, right? Um, and so right. I said, we're, we're going to lunch. You say you can't eat, we're going to go to lunch. Um, because th- this will give it away to the people that know this story, but uh, the, the recommendation that was made to him was to eat a cake a day. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Which is the dumbest fucking advice you could give anybody. Don't, w- we are not power lifters. We're not strong men. We help normal people get stronger and live better lives. And the solution to that right. is not to eat a cake a day under any circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> so right. this guy was eating a bunch of bullshit and and uh, you know and he
1: and he didn't like meat. And was he didn't, the didn't other like problem.
0: Meat. He didn't like meat. So yeah, I said so, so, we so, you know this guy. You know what I'm talking about. So we went we went to Yeah, the, we were there together. That's right. Yeah. So we went to the fast food restaurant, forgot what it was. It was next to the gym. He orders a burger and then I said uh, order another patty. He goes, dude, I don't know. I said, just order another patty. So he he finished it. I'm like coaching him through his meal. He finishes his burger, and then I go, are you full? He goes, yeah. I'm like, you think you can eat that other patty? He's like, yeah, I think so. I'm like, I think so, too. Eat it. <laughs> and then he ate it. And then I made him go order a third one, and he ate that, too. And I said, are you going to throw up? Yeah. Or are you sick? And he said, no. I said, okay, well, you just ate three times as much meat as you had planned. Right Now do this three yeah. times a day, and you will gain the weight. Um, right. But but this is, you know, if if it, hap- if it if it infects the psychology of someone that believes they want to be a coach at one of our gyms, Imagine how it affects the normal person who's really For underweight. Sure. And this is where the yeah. weight gain goal comes in. I mean, with with some, if a 20 year old comes in and he's too skinny and he's not gaining the weight, it's a Monday, he trains again on Wednesday. I go, look, you need to gain at least one pound, preferably two between now and your next training session. Do I want him maintaining yeah. that level of weight gain? No. Will he hit that goal? Probably not. Do I want him thinking about shoveling more food down his mouth every time he sits down to eat? Yes. And that typically accomplishes the goal. And then if we can do what you suggested, which is attach it to a, a you know, sustainable weekly weight gain goal, then it, it ends up working itself out. But there's a lot of, uh, with all things that require human behavior change, there's a whole lot of weirdness that's attached to it. And it's difficult to get people to understand this stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, if, if, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in, in telling people that this is that eating a certain way is what you should do. Um, if you're okay with, uh, I mean, our, our goal is to, is to, is to get people stronger. Our goal is to, uh, is to add weight to the bar. So if you don't, if you don't care about this stuff, um, it's it's fine. You know, it it doesn't bother me one bit. The truth is though, that most people start barbell training because they have aesthetic goals in mind. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so the, the thing that, the thing that kind of pisses me off is that people separate and you got, you and Andy had this discussion, but people separate the the looking looking good from starting strength. Mm. Starting strength will will give you all of your aesthetic goals. There's nothing better you can be doing. The diet part is hard, and it's up to you to do it correctly or not. Mm-hmm. Right? If you end up fat, it's not the program's fault. It's it's your habits that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You can you can get all of the aesthetic goals that you want with the barbell, adding five pounds uh, workout to your barbell lifts. There's nothing better that you can do. There's no additional arm work that you need. There's no additional quad work that you need. Absolutely not a fucking extra thing you need to do. You need to eat correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if aesthetics are actually your goal. And I say that because aesthetics are the goal for, for most people to start. Like nobody starts this and says, I want to be giant fat and, and squat 400 pounds. Cause squat 400 pounds is not that much guys. Right. It's not that much, right? It's not enough to justify you going from 20% body fat to 40% body fat. Um, so, so, you know, make those decisions later on. If you decide you want to squat 600, yeah, your, your body composition is going to look a certain way. If you're, if you're, uh, if you're built, if you're built to squat 600 and you're, you're, you, you are of a certain frame, mm. you might have to look, you might have to, you might have to be big and huge to squat 600 or 700 pounds. Uh, but normal people walking around that want to squat 400 pounds, it's on you guys. It's on you if you want to, uh, if you want to do it properly or not. So yeah. Again, I, I don't, I don't care either way. I'm not saying that, uh, that you're quote unquote, not doing the program. Um, if you're not, if you're not doing the nutrition properly, but be honest with yourself. And if you care about the body composition stuff, there is a proper way to do it. And it involves eating, uh, enough protein. It involves probably cleaning up your diet significantly. Um, eating, eating closer to whole foods and, um, and then probably eating more food than you're cuz once you've cleaned up your food it's probably going to actually require more volume of food mm-hmm. in your guts to to actually get this done correctly and if you're underweight you got to eat more if you're overweight you got to eat less than you're comfortable with and that's uh you know if we were to kind of summarize this that's that's the that's the whole deal right
0: yeah and by the way if you are overweight um it ta- for for me anyways and it might be different everyone's different it takes only a couple of days to get in the habit of being just a tiny bit hungry after each meal. Yeah. And then you you yeah. see that as your finish line, and then you try to hit that finish line. You don't go over as often as possible. Then you start orienting your meal size accordingly, and then that becomes your habit. Um, and they say right. it takes 30 days to build a habit. Who knows? Everyone's different, but do that stuff consistently. There's one other point I, I wanted to make that I forgot to make earlier when I was talking about um, eating like an adult, Nick, and then whatever points you want to make before we wrap, cool with me, and then we'll we'll close it off. But uh Okay. So, for those of you that uh, are in that category, if you're just if your diet's shit, you know if you're eating potato chips and pizza and ice cream, and this is like every day kind of stuff, um, the, the, the protein thing and the staple thing are going to help a lot, but that's not going to change your habits when it comes to to cheating is what the the term is used, right? So, yeah, when you eat ice cream, have four or five spoons of it. Don't eat a pint of it. Just again, go mm-hmm. away from being extreme. You don't have to remove the things you love from your life. But if you just tone it down and this I'm speaking from experience, like if you give me a bag of potato chips and I'm watching something, I'm not paying attention. That thing's gone. The whole bag. Um, I could do the same with the tub of ice cream. I could do the same with a bag of candy. I could, when I go to the movie theater, I could eat a whole thing of popcorn, a whole drink, a whole thing of soda and have two or three bags of candy. And that is not good for me. (laughs) So I have to, I have to stay on top of it. I have to portion the stuff out. I have to know what's my limit. Right. So Um, again, in the, in the vein of not being extreme, don't demonize foods and totally go black and white. That's not going to work. It's not sustainable. Enjoy the stuff you want to enjoy. Don't think of it like having a cheat day where you just go bananas, just eat it infrequently and have a little bit less of it. And you'll notice an improvement from that.
1: Yeah. And it it goes back into the sustainability, uh, discussion or argument, right? So, um, that it's, it's, it's having a, (laughs) And I hate, I hate to say stuff like this cause it sounds so like Instagrammy inspirational, but like you, you, having this, like, uh, <laughs> Brie, can like you put a quote on normal- the
0: screen and like that, that flowy text, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, having like a normal,
1: healthy relationship with, uh, with, with, with the things you're interacting with, like in this case, your food, right. It's like not, not turning it into this, uh, this crazy, like magical thing in either, in either direction where it's like this, this food is magical positively, um, you know, and this food is magical negatively, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, it's not good and evil. It's just, it's just what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And everything's on a spectrum. Some, some things are better than others. Uh, some things are significantly better than others and some things are significantly worse than others. Um, and it's up to your comfort level to, to make those decisions. And actually it's, it's, it's on your um, the state of your health too, right? The younger and healthier you are, the sloppier you can be th- with those decisions, mm-hmm. the more, uh, fucked up your metabolism and your guts and your overall health is, and the older you are probably the, the, uh, closer to optimal you should try to be right. But it, it's all on a sliding scale. There's no, uh, yeah. Being extreme is not su- sustainable is, is the point. Yep. Um, you're not gonna be able to do that for a long time.
0: Yep. So one last point, guys, um, if, if you're young, like Nick said, you can get away with eating shittier. You can get away with eating shittier. But one thing that I had a suspicion of, but I couldn't articulate in my mind, I wish that I could, that I'll share with you guys, because a lot of our audience is under 30 and male. The habits that you form now are going to be likely to... They're going to likely to be the ones that you have when you're in your 30s, 40s, and beyond. Yeah. So if you yeah. can get away with it, it doesn't necessarily mean you should, and the more responsibility yeah. you take when it comes to uh, being reasonable and not being extreme in the way you treat your body, um, take it from the mistakes that, that both Nick and I have made when it comes to that stuff, uh, the better off right. you'll be long term. And I say this knowing if you're 23 and a knucklehead with the as you know, rips has poisonous levels of testosterone, it doesn't matter what I say, but I, I offer the advice nonetheless. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Nick, thanks, man. That was a good conversation.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. Thank you.
0: And uh, guys, if you want to hear more from Nick, I like having him on. So just comment on the YouTube comments and, um, or just comment on the forum and let us know what you want to hear about, and we'll do more of this stuff. So we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, guys.